All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, episode 51. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up guys? It's JK3. Just a reminder, Down by the Bank is sponsored by Brewer's Pizza, uh, Orange Park and Clay County's only brew pub, and uh, we all can attest to the fact that that place is pretty popular as we've gone up there to eat dinner, and it was slam-packed with like an hour wait, so uh, definitely a popular place, and if you haven't checked it out yet, make reservations ahead of time because they are insanely busy and popular. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I, I was really wanting some pizza that night. I, I, I can tell you, I was really wanting some pizza, some pizza and some craft beer. You know, we had a substitute at another establishment, but, uh, you know, that was all right. But no, definitely need to, 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 to schedule and get back out there, support support that uh, place and uh, obviously get some good pizza. Yeah, I was highly disappointed when I got that text message uh, from you that they were packed and uh, it was with some like trivia thing or something. Yeah, we ended up going to Buffalo Wild Wings, a.k.a. the Chuck E. Cheese of sports bars. So, uh, so yeah, it was good. A um, couple little quick things before we get into our main topic. So Daly's Place has a, a new exciting act announced and I know... Uh, JK3, you were talking about it. It's future. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, Tad Dickman. Shout out. You you finally heard us. The people have spoken. Uh, future Hendrix will be at Daly's Place. I'll be there even though it is on a Wednesday night. I have already called work and told them that I will be off. Uh, so I plan on uh, losing my voice that night, too. We should do a live recording of me there if you want, yeah. since it's on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Family-oriented show here. Family-oriented show, but uh, you might want to steer clear downtown, or, or not downtown, but around that area on the riverbank that night. Other purposes besides music. So uh, <laughs> that, that would just be my my, my suggestion. Uh, I'm I'm only going for medicinal purposes. Well. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, uh, Future plays in a uh, rap band. So uh, yes, so yeah. Uh, he. He doesn't play in it. He is the band. He is the band. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the right. rubber band man. Yes. Oh, isn't that T.I.? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Yes yeah, and no. I think it is. I think I have more knowledge about that than you do, but that's okay. <laughs> no, you don't. Trust me, you don't. <laughs> Um, in other news, uh, not really Jaguar related, but uh, maybe we can have an appearance by this gentleman at the uh, stadium this year, and that's LeVar Ball with the goofiest looking run-in in WWE history. Uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, you need to look it up on YouTube because that whole appearance with him and his two sons in wrestling was insane. Uh, I, hey, I, you know what? We're, <laughs> we've, we've got our first disagreement. I think LeVar Ball is the funniest person right now in America. And the fact that people and the media outlets keep putting him on the spotlight, it, it, it's just, it's it's great. It, it's like when he, when he did that goofy, like, duck run into the ring. And then, oh, the draft night when he had the big baller brand tie on. And then he had the then he had the hat on that he said that he had made when when Lonzo Ball was a baby. <laughs> I, I I just you know I I read a, uh some information about him. I heard you know definitely a deep family guy. Kids are all four students. His wife apparently battling some serious health issues. So definitely don't wish any anything bad on anyone. Dude, just don't shut up, man. Every time I turn around, he's saying something. Then his grandfather or father comes out. Oh, yeah, when he was younger, he could beat Mike. No, you could not have beaten Michael Jordan. Okay, just get over it. All right? And just hope your son does well for the Lakers. If not, Magic Johnson's going to get fired. And, <laughs> you know, that'll be it. But just shut up. Just, just shut up for me, please. That's all I ask. 
Do you think uh, LeVar Ball used to run like that when he played basketball? or He probably ran like that when he played football because he was on a couple of uh, NFL uh, practice squads and uh, camp invites. That goofy run to the ring you're talking about? Are you hey, saying that was a he, good he, run? No, I'm not saying it's a good run. That just may be the way he runs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. Uh, but uh, And then training camp's upcoming, so uh, I think that starts in a few weeks. So really this is kind of like the dead time of the year where there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, but one thing we wanted to do for fun, we actually did a Reddit thread on this a few weeks ago uh, titled Jaguar Stock Exchange. Uh, if you could buy and sell stock in a current Jags player, who would you buy and who would you sell? So uh, to kind of break down, and we'll link up the uh, discussion thread in the podcast description as well, so that way you guys can review and see you know what everybody chose because it was a pretty you know popular topic. Um, so if you're buying, and this is all in kind of finance terms, because a lot of the ESPN stuff they get the buy sell stuff completely wrong. So by buying, the player currently has a relatively low price, and you're anticipating a significant increase in value, and so big return. You're going to make a lot of money. By selling, the player is trading at a high price. So they're already doing really well. They're already popular. But you're thinking that this person or player is trending downward. So they're overvalued and you're anticipating a drop in their value. So you're going to lose money if you hold it. So you're looking to get out. So in terms of the Jags roster, I thought it'd be a little bit fun just to talk about who you would buy and who you would sell. So remember, you have to think like an investor. You want to buy stocks and companies that are undervalued and that you see taking off. You want to sell stocks that are already soaring, doing well, and that you anticipate uh, tanking, essentially. So to kind of get started with some some buys, uh, Derek, who do you got? Uh, I'm going with uh, R.B. Jones. Um, he just got the big uh, contract uh, earlier this year, like four years, $16 million. But he's still underrated. He's still not getting his just due. You know, people probably really don't know about him. And obviously with Malik Jackson opposite him, it's going to be, you know, draw more attention. But uh, I would definitely on a buy, I would buy stock in RB Jones for sure. Does uh, RB Jones sell roast beef sandwiches? No, he does not sell roast beef sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> is it is it RB or Avery? <laughs> Oh, dang. <laughs> Did I really say R.B. Jones? R.B.'s <laughs> Jones. Avery. It's a Dang it. R.B. Sauce Jones. I, I like a uh, number one, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With, with extra horsey sauce. <laughs> All right. You got you to gotta cut that out. And, and the curly fries also, please. <laughs> you got to cut, cut that out. I don't know why I'm sitting here. I literally just looked up his contract info, and I'm sitting here looking at it, and then boom. Some horsey sauce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's the podcast. Everybody have a great night. <laughs> All right, so Avery Jones, I, uh, I like that one. I like Avery that Jones. One. All right, you know, yeah. got, a new, got a new contract, but you're saying he's still not as uh, maybe a little uh, JK3. I think you were saying you consider him to be underrated, right? I, I think he's underrated only because the the depth of the offensive, I mean, the defensive line, and plus the defensive line the last two years, it just literally keeps getting stronger and stronger. Um, you know, with the uh, addition of Malik last year, Calais Campbell this year, the emergence of uh, Ngakwe, we'll see what Smoot does this year. We'll see what Fowler does also. But, I, I mean, I think he's a little underrated and a little underappreciated right now. Do you have him uh, at the top of your list for buys as well, or what are you thinking? Um, you know, 
the at the top of, of my buys and, and just the way everything, you know, you broke it down and what I'm thinking, um, I'm 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 going all in on pause. Uh, a lot of people think that, you know, with him moving to that weak side linebacker position, uh, he's going to, in a sense, be ineffective. But I think, you know, based off of a, you know, stock, you know, perspective, and if we're looking at this a little financially, uh, I think there, the, the return on the investment on him would be good. I mean, he's still going to be on the field. He's still going to be somewhat of a factor in the defense. And then I think it's, it's you know, an opportunity for him to kind of be an in-game mentor for Miles Jack. You know, right now during the training camp, you know, Jack said he's been great there, you know, helping him and moving him places and things like that. This will be just one of those kind of player coach type things saying, hey, you have this coverage. Remember, I'm going to be here. Remember where you need to be and vice versa. That's an interesting one, actually. I didn't even think about Puzzlesny, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, for if you think about it like a, a financial perspective, he would be on the uh, the, the the downside just because of the fact that he lost his starting position. So uh, I, would, I would probably put money into the fact that he'll actually you know, overperform and do pretty well. Um one guy that uh, – and I know Derek will probably disagree with this, but I think right now the biggest buy is Blake Bortles. I mean, his value couldn't be any lower since last season considering how many people wanted us to draft or pick up a quarterback in free agency. So, I mean, I personally think the only thing he can do is, is go up, uh, especially with Leonard Fournette uh, in the fray and uh, sort of the extra weapons that we added on offense. So, uh, from a – Purely financial gains perspective, stock and Blake Bortles. Derek, what do you think about that? I think it's. I think it is very low, obviously. Um, but the the thing is, you're right. There's definitely a lot of upside with the fact that a lot of the things that he's been struggling with are not just. You know, he does have the mechanic, the mechanic flaws, and all that. And people get all deep into that, but you can tell that that work ethic. You know, he just nonchalantly on the sideline so you know a lot of times when they were getting blasted so he's definitely got a lot of a lot of uh a lot of upside so you, that could be a nice return on investment you, you never know uh hopefully it is you know if we can have another you know 28 touchdown or 32 touchdown and 12 picks we'll take that any day I mean, I don't really, I don't really, you know, agree with that as it being, you know, a, a lot of upside because what we're expecting Blake and what we've seen out of the first year when a lot of the touchdowns that he did throw were, you know, really kind of meaningless. And then uh, the second year when we, we were still within games and within reach, I mean, I think we only lost like we lost like eight games by 10 points or something like that last year. Uh, he, he wasn't really there when we needed him. So I don't understand. And I'm not bashing Bortles or anything else like that. I'm just being real. I don't understand how everyone thinks that this is just supposed to, you know, just automatically there's supposed to be a light switch on right now. I mean, he's either going to come out and be mediocre Blake and be a game manager or he's going to come out and, I mean, he, he can't be worse than what he did last year. I mean, he forgot he threw a, uh, an interception off a dude's foot. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, you can't beat that. But I can see where you're going, Corey. You kind of think Blake's going to be – he's like the uh, the Macintosh before like at, or before the uh, iPod came out. Remember when they made those, like, weird computers with the clear backs like in Zoolander? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah with, the, <laughs> with the fluorescent colors and all yeah. that. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you think he's going to turn into an iPod. Yeah, maybe he will. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is like, well, well yeah. you got to think too. Look what changed. Some things changed for him too. Yeah, yeah. You know, coaching changed. There's, Offense. you got a healthy Marquise Lee. 
Um, so offensive line, hopefully it's better. The coaching staff and all that, you know, they're being direct. They think it's better, so we'll see. And then, you know, we have a, a stable full of running backs that, you know, obviously Fournette is going to be the, the forerunner. But uh, those things, those those uh, variables have changed for him. And so let's see if that that helps him improve. Or, like you said, need to be a game manager or uh, find another weird way to throw an interception. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about finances. I don't know what you guys would put on uh, a bet as far as throwing that same type of interception two years in a row. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, uh, you know, last season that he spent in California, you know, working on his mechanics was the year that he was second in the NFL in touchdown throws. So I could see the same kind of thing playing out. Um, but, uh Rainman316 on Reddit said that Bortles is stocks bottomed out and there's nothing to do but spike or stagnate. Low risk, high reward, which is what I definitely agree with. Um, Derek, who else do you have in the buy column? In the buy column, um, you know, I'm going to be smart about this, looking at guys that this is going to be like a, a make it or break it year. So like your Rashard Greens, um, your uh, – Oh gosh, I'm I'm drawing a, a part here. Um, Dante Fowler, mm-hmm. kind of low with them, and they're 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 good players, but either injuries or just not really, you know, uh, being able to contribute has definitely hurt them. And this year's kind of you know whether it's their futures with Jacksonville or not, this is where they got to show something. Because uh, if they don't, then you know they could be possibly you know lost on the Jag depth chart, if not at all on the depth chart at all. Uh, so those would be two more that I would definitely look at buying. Okay. Um, from from a uh, from a O O line standpoint, which uh, you know I've become a little bit fascinated with it because I just think that that's where where really the core of our team and where our season is really going to be make or break. But I'm I'm going to go in on uh, on Linder too. Um, I mean, you can't you can't shy away from that. I mean, in my opinion, I think he's been our most consistent, you know, offensive lineman there, uh, and and you know, more of a you know a stable on the offensive line. So, and he's a young player too. I mean, he's going into his fourth year, I think, right now. So, uh, make it a break year for him also. Now, here's the thing with Linda, real quick. Obviously, I think they said they still had him at center, um, but he was better as a guard. Uh, his what, his first year and, and, and second year before you moved to center. Where would you have him at JK three center or guard? I, I I take him in that center. I mean the 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 offensive line. I think between the guard and the tackles. Um, I, I well most most importantly the guards. I think the guards can be interchangeable, but your tackles and your center. There's got to be some longevity there. Uh, I mean your your tackles have got to you know know who they're going to be coming up against every year or excuse me every week. Uh, the guards, for you know, example, they're a lot depending on what teams play like a three technique or like a three three down lineman or whatever. They can kind of you know get get washed up within double teams and helping the tackles and everything. But it's up to the tackle to make that that call. And the same thing with the center as well. The center has to make that call in order to get the double team from the guard. So the guard is kind of a little bit dispensable for me. Um, you know, if I were to rate the offensive line positions in 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 order, I think your left tackle is your your most important position, followed by the center. Uh, the center has got to be the you know the smartest offensive lineman, in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, you got to be able to make the calls and and 
and hopefully him and Bortles, you know, it, it's definitely chemistry that's needed. Um, so you don't have any, you know, quote unquote, lookout blocks because there were definitely some lookout blocks last year. For those that don't know what lookout is, it's when your left tackle, your right tackle, the end's coming around and he's yelling, look out because he <laughs> missed the block. Um, so, and believe it or not, the calls that the center and the quarterback make, especially the center will help that, you know, if in picking up uh, different coverages or different schemes, whatever the defense could be doing. Yeah. Interesting enough, uh, on the fly taco on Reddit said that he would buy all Jaguars interior offensive line with less than four years in the league. He said, I think at least one of them will take a huge step this season and become a top 15 interior anchor on the line. So also somebody with some optimism related to the line. And then one other guy, Upper RDL, says the by Parnell. He said everybody loved him last year when he had only allowed one sack through seven games. Then the D Ford game happened. And the fan base completely turned on him after recovering from his injury, playing well to the end of the season, plus his stock being low as possible. He's the best bounce back candidate on the team, I believe. What do you guys think about Parnell? I mean, I, I never really, you know, besides the D4 game, you know, where he just got beat like a drum. Um, you know, I'm other than that, I thought Parnell did a great job. I mean, I, I think, you know, me personally, I think that he was one of the more solid, you know, uh, you know tackles on the team. And, you know, he came from Dallas as well. And we know what that offensive line was like. And, you know, they were able to plug plug in another tackle right after he left. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I got high regards on, on Parnell. One game doesn't define your season. Yeah, think, things happen. And, you know, Kansas City's defense is, is good anyway. Um, they, they're, not, they're not slouches. So, you got to remember the, the whole – Offensive line is where it starts, but there's also some timing, continuity, calls, and so forth. So basically leaving him out there. A lot of good offensive linemen, like left bookend, left tackles, yeah, they go up against some some primetime defensive ends. Very few of them hold their own. And I know we're talking about the right side here, but very few of them hold their own. There's always a tight end or a running back chipping or blocking or so forth. We know Julius Thomas wasn't chipping, okay, or blocking. Even if he did play in that game, I don't even recall. So, I mean, D four is one of the best in the league, and you know he yeah, you win some, you lose some. And mind you, just to go back to that Kansas City game. Um, I don't really put that loss on Parnell. Mm-mm, no, <laughs> no. That, that 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 loss is not on Parnell. Uh, the Jags scored two touchdowns. Um, you know, Kansas City's, you know, it was, I think it was a 14 to 19 uh, loss, I think. But I do remember there has been some there was crucial turnovers uh, in that uh, in, in that game that that had nothing to do with the offensive line. Well, JK3, who else do you have on your buy list? Um, you know, th- this this question is, is kind of it was a little bit tough for me to, just to, you know, figure it out just because of. Uh, you know, there's some of the young players that we have on our team that a lot of people are talking about, you know, buying Ramsey. Well, you wouldn't really buy Ramsey right now because if his stock is so high, you wouldn't get a, a, a huge re- return on your investment on him. Um, if, if I could have another person just to throw out there just to just to see what they would do, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to buy on uh, on Barry Church. Um, you know, I think that he would be, you know, right now he's coming from a mediocre season uh, in Dallas. 
Um, and some of the game film that I've watched on him, he's been, you know, exactly what we need here. You know, not necessarily uh, just someone who, who's actually going to play a, a true strong safety role. So um, I think with him and Gibson uh, back there, if you can double buy on that, if that's possible, um, you know, because I, I mean, you think about it, our, our strong safety and our free safety um, play in these last couple of years has just been absolutely you know, god awful. I mean, you've got you know Cyprian who's running, um, you know, up to the to the line, and then literally hightailing it all the way back, you know, twenty yards back just to get into position. And granted, I know that that was the scheme and that was the defense, you know, defensive scheme that he was playing in. But I'm just relating the question back to the situation that we've had here in Jacksonville. I really think that the free safety and the uh, strong safety play is the only part of the defense that could really go up. We know what A.J. Boye is going to do. We know what Ramsey's going to do. We know what Telvin's going to do. We don't really. We know that uh, what uh, it, um, Jack is capable of doing. We know what type of leader Paz can be. I mean, the defensive line speaks for itself. In my opinion, the only question marks are the free safety and the strong safety on the defense. You know, it's uh, – man, I can't, I can't disagree with you on that, man. It's tough. That's that's bad. That's bad, because it's it's so right. You remember the one play, uh, the one play where Ramsey tipped. I think no, there was there was probably more than once where Ramsey tipped balls where you thought Gibson was going to be there to pick it off. Yeah, and he, he should have been there. there. There's been multiple. There's been multiple <laughs> times in the end zone where where Jalen was able to tip a ball or 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 you know the, his only interception came off of a Jalen tip pass. That's right. So it, it, it's funny too because you think. With Jalen, some some somebody said, well, Jalen, you know, I, I read during the season, oh well, you know, he's getting beat in his athleticism, helping him uh, catch up and make the play on the ball. Actually, no. Sometimes DBs they do those things to set up for your safeties for the big hit or the interception. It's called baiting. You know, you baiting the quarterback into making that throw. Um, and we got to have better safety play or something, you know, whether if it's cause fumble, how many fumbles did we cause last year? Usually a lot of fumbles can be caused by safeties coming down, receivers not seeing them coming and just whack. I mean, I get they're trying to clean up on the hitting, but we got to do something. I mean, Ball and just, and just, destructive and just something. Also, yeah, Gibson only had one interception last year, and it was from the, the Jalen Ramsey tip pass, and he only had two, pass effect, two passes uh, deflected also. He got one. He got one of Aaron Rodgers' balls tipped too. That should have been picked off. I remember that in the first game. Yeah, there, there should be a stat for that. <laughs> How many you should have had? Yeah, <laughs> there probably is somewhere out there <laughs> with all the <laughs> analytics uh, nowadays. But uh, maybe I'll look that up on Derek's favorite site, PFF. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, a couple of guys that I had uh, just to kind of wrap up with the buys, uh, Alan Hearns, just because, I mean, same kind of theory I have with Bortles, just that, you know, a little bit more injury focused and the reason his decrease in production is just a guy that we know has a lot of uh, potential to do well. And, uh, you know, it's not a fluke that he had a thousand yard season with over 10 touchdowns, you know, a few seasons ago. So I can see him at least getting close to that again. And uh, Sheldon Day, who I I don't know, I just read a lot about him. He seems like a guy who has a lot of potential, and again, injuries and different uh, you know different issues have kind of kept him off the field. But with the uh, leadership that we have, bringing in Campbell, having Malik Jackson, and kind of uh, you know all the experience he's had on the sidelines, kind of seeing everything uh, from afar. I don't know. That seems like a guy who uh, 
who had high potential that maybe could actually uh, cash in on it. So that's a very, very, very low value, but huge return if he can end up uh, maybe getting some sacks this season. A um, couple, uh, four, a few more uh, buys on uh, Reddit. One guy actually, Pajama Joe, uh, said, remind me not to take any financial advice from you guys, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't take Reddit name advice from Pajama Joe either. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny, actually, yeah. Yeah, I would not either. And then uh, Nebuchadnezzar Jack, who I feel like we mentioned him before. On, on yeah, movie. yeah, I like that yeah. guy definitely because of the Matrix, uh, you know, <laughs> reference there too. Yeah, he uh, he agreed with uh, with Derek on uh, Arby's Jones. Avery, Avery, been a long day of traveling, man. I got this <laughs> no, I know. massive just, headache, but Avery. I'm just messing with you. But he said that Avery Jones, he learned from one of the best. Uh, you know, one of the best run defenders, a tackle in the NFL, and uh, has all the attributes to be a very good defensive tackle. So, or defensive tackle. So, so yeah. Um, kind of to shift gears to uh, the cells. Um, you know, I guess I'll start with mine. I really only have one main cell in in my uh, my book here, which is uh, Marquis Lee. I mean. You got to imagine his value jumped up pretty dramatically last season. And uh, I don't know, just with the competition, Alan Hearns coming back to form probably, you know, you throw in D.D. Westbrook, Robinson having a rebound year. I just don't see him performing at the same level. And maybe there's not a huge drop off, but there's certainly going to be a drop off where you're going to lose some money. Uh, what do you think about that, JK3? Um, just to, okay, so just to, just to stay there, because with, with, you said something about uh, Hearns as far as one, one of your buys. He, he's one of, my, one of my cells, and I don't mean to, to dodge your question or anything, but it kind of comes back into whatever we're, we're, we're talking about. Because I think, honestly, because the receiving core has been so mediocre and less than mediocre before Hearns and Robinson came. So we really didn't have anybody to compare these guys to. I mean, we had... You know, you had like what Reggie Reggie Williams, <laughs> you know that type of talent coming in. Matt Jones type of talent coming in. Uh, we really didn't have you know streakers and and these you know potentials of uh, of receivers that had that 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 what they've shown. So I think I would sell him right now because his potential is so high because we have better athletes on the team right now. We we don't have to like fall into these accidental. Um, you know, third round, fourth round, fifth round players that have just been, you know, just gems that we're relying on, which are great. Don't get me wrong. It's a great value pick, which is why I would sell him now, because you've got Westbrook, who is an absolute speedster, barring something crazy happens, which I don't. I, I He's going to get catches. You've got A-Rob, who can only go up, you know, right now. Uh, Marquise Lee is definitely going to have targets because of the season that he had last year. So, I mean, as far as the receiving, there's only one ball and we've only got one game manager throwing the ball. So if I'm definitely going to, you know, sell a receiver and and try to get a return on it right now to basically another team where he could go somewhere and be like a solid number three and still get, you know, um, you know, catches. Imagine imagine Hearns in like New England or something like that. Or or imagine him, um, you know, out in uh, Seattle. You know, he would he would probably be a household name in those markets yeah that's interesting yeah i think that's an interesting take so uh so as far as uh so you're saying that marquis lee you think is pretty much going to keep keep pace in other words you don't think he's going to have too much of a drop off he's the standout guy i no i don't i don't think he i don't think he's going to have a drop off i think he's going to be 
any anywhere but you know if as more productive than he, he I don't think he can be any less productive than what he was last year barring any injury now you know he had those random ankle injuries and random you know injuries like that barring any injury like if we're playing Madden and we turn injuries off then yeah I think <laughs> I think he's gonna he's gonna eat this year again so I would sell uh, Marquise Lee's stock, um, but for a different reason. Okay. He's not going to stay, I don't think. I think even if he does have a Pro Bowl year and even if the Jags do make it deep into the playoffs, which that's what we all want as fans, I think he's still leaving no matter what happens. Um California kid, California raised. Every time you look around, he's running back to California. He only stays here when he has to. Hmm. So that tells I think he's going to, I think, sell now and get something for him. So, so in your opinion, <laughs> from a financial perspective, Marquise Lee will become a private company as opposed to a public company. He will leave the uh, market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Either that or if you, if you can sell stock and and get some dividends, aka draft picks. I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> like that. That's fancy. Yes. So, um, yeah, and it's it's just you can obviously you can see his talent, um, which is you know really really good. But you've now created a the Jags have created competition at the wide receiver position, some really good competition at the wide receiver position, and that's what we need. Unfortunately, all the guys that you name, you know, if you go one to six or one to five, well, you know, it's probably only four of them are going to be there. Yeah. Maybe five. You know, you got A-Rob, Hearns, Lee, Westbrook, Green. Uh, is Aurelius Ben still on the team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, he's probably more of a special teamer. But so that's that's six right there. So, um you definitely have to – they're going to have to cut somebody. Somebody's going to get cut. Yeah, one thing that uh, one of the cells from uh, Reddit back to Rayman 316, uh, Derek, you'll like this one. Rashad Green, near worthless stock. If you can find a buyer, dump it. He might not even make it through training camp. So uh, that's a, a hard sell on Rashad Green. Well, see, here's the thing, and, and, and I'm guilty of this too, along with a lot of the fans and Jags. When Marquis Lee first two years – Dump him. Get rid of him. He's nothing. <laughs> he gets hurt all the time. Rashad Green's been hurt one year, and they're already ready to get rid of him. Yeah. So, I, I uh, think it's also the fumble problem that he had over the last couple of games, or the other uh, over that that stream of games. Uh, I mean, he he's gone to from a person who was like a hero when he ran that punt return, uh, you know, back against Tennessee, and you know all those different things and he looks like he's been a very good uh you know a solid option at the punt return game but i mean the fumbles are killing him i mean i think in the fumbles make his stock go down even more because he's unreliable so and then when you put the injuries on top of that it's just like all right well he's hurt all the time he's fumbles so i mean you know why keep him which stinks because i think he can be a really good player yeah yeah a couple other guys that I, I was uh, thinking about was at the tight end position, um, Sterling and uh, Koyak. Not from a sell perspective, but kind of switching back to the buy, I, I completely forgot about that and stocking them. 
both of them made some very good catches uh, over the middle. And uh, I think Koyak had about two or three that were really nice, you know, deep crossing routes, kind of, you know, mesh crossing down the field. Um, we, we mean, obviously, I think they're going to start Mercedes Lewis at tight end, barring something, you know, if somebody else steps up. But how does he how does he still get the start? Like how does he how does he still get the start and how does he even still I, I think I saw something or I heard something on ten ten today they were talking about it. they said he over the last like three or four seasons he's had like three hundred yards total <laughs> that's like twenty else, yards a game like something like that well who else do we have that's why I'm thinking about Koyak and, and, and Sterling uh, I know Sterling they use some at like wide receiver for blocking on like you know third and short because uh, he's a big big able body but. I mean, can you put can Mercedes Lewis be, be a, a starter and be a productive starter for the team? And we, we got to have a tight end because teams are gonna they're gonna clamp down and they're gonna jump everything quick in the red zone because that's where he threw a lot of his picks. So you got to have a tight end to work that middle and and to keep the defense honest. See the thing the thing is, man, and the game has evolved so much that everyone's now trying to find that Travis Kelsey, that Jordan uh, Jordan Reed, um, that you know Gronk, uh, that Hernandez. Too too soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, every, everyone's trying yeah, to find that. Stop. Everyone's trying to find that that uh, that that tight end. You know that that tight end that's that's a passing tight end. And it's a little bit of a chipper, you know, and, and then just gonna get open and, and get it. And I think, you know, I don't think that tight end is Mercedes anymore. I think a, like two, maybe maybe last season it was. He caught a um, a screen and was literally had green ahead of him and somehow got hawked in at like seventeen yards. I mean, seventeen yards is a pretty big gain. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I mean the amount of the amount of open field that he had, anyone else or anyone other tight end, you know, got that amount of speed or that amount of green, he's taking it to the house. So, I mean, I think that Mercedes is still on the team as a blocking tight end, as a veteran tight end, and I get that. But as far as him being the starter, I mean, you got to take the buddy buddy from Oakland. What's his name? Um, oh, Gonzalez? Is it something? What uh, is his name? Uh, it's not Gonzalez. It's, uh, it's uh, Michael Rivera. Rivera, Dallas, that that was very insensitive. So, <laughs> but, no, but okay. you, you gotta either you gotta give that guy a shot. I, I mean, and then you gotta give the young bucks, Neil, uh, Sterling, and Koyak, you know, give them a shot too. Yeah. I think they deserve their due diligence. Is it? Uh, yeah, hasn't it, it, hasn't always been like the case with Lewis that his like main reason for starting and 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 I just remember reading this is that he's pretty much just like the main like like an offensive lineman basically like they have him out there strictly for blocking and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, they use him as like a uh, almost like an H back, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like he'll he'll stem or what what's called you know you know step off of the offensive line so he'll be. Uh, He'll be like a step back from the tackle and uh, they'll bring him in motion if they're going to like run to, you know, to either side and try to get him to seal, you know, because he's a, he's got a big able, you know, body he's able to block. Um, but then, you know, sometimes they'll they'll fake that and then, you know, kind of dump it to him on like a little tight end screen or something like that. It's it's really it's really weird because um, Rivera, I mean, do you think he really gets I mean, gets a start? I mean, he. He did 
nothing really in Oakland last year. I mean, year. I, I'm not saying get the start, but I mean, you, you got to take right now. I think the, the tight end position is, is one of those open for anybody to take positions. You know what I mean? And, and depending on the type of, you know, if, if, if Marone is sticking to his word and saying we will run the football, Mercedes is going to be the starter. That's hands down because he's the best blocking tight end on the team. But then again, though, when you get into an obvious passing down of like third and four or, you know, third and seven or something like that, uh, third and four was is a, you know, run or pass down. But third and seven and you bring in Sterling or Koyak, it's like, all right, we know they're about to throw the ball. You know, so you become one dimensional with that. And unless they can find a way to get Mercedes in space and, you know, like a five, six yard out in or, you know, or, or a hook or something like that, then, you know, that that may be the case. But even now, the linebackers are almost more athletic than the than the tight ends and receivers now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. And, and now that you, you have a fullback on the team, um, you know, Mercedes may not be doing that as much. I mean, you know, they could get creative with it, obviously, with the fullback being on the team, especially in power situations, third and short, or, you know, first and goal, where we've just been absolutely horrendous. Um, but, you know, that's that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a good question. I mean, it's it's you know, you got four guys. One's kind of half tight end, half receiver, and Neil Sterling. So it's like you got four guys. What uh, what are they gonna do with that? JK three. Who do you have in the cell column? Um, in the cell besides, uh, besides Hearns, um, you know, I'm also selling, uh, sample, okay. uh, you know, just, just simply because he's not, you know, what, what, what we thought he was going to be. I mean, maybe if he can have a productive, healthy season, he can be what we thought he was going to be. But, you know, right now it, it, we don't have time to, you know, really sit around and see if that's going to be the case. You know, he, we, we were in a win now mode. Uh, you know, our defense is pretty much locked into pieces, which I'm kind of a little bit worried. I'm not worried about it, but I'm kind of looking, you know, a little bit deeper into, you know, why the entire secondary hadn't been together in OTAs because of like various injuries or whatnot. I'm not worried about it, but then I'm just like, it's on my radar, but yeah, I would definitely get, uh, get, get sample out. Um, you know, that's just, I, it's win now time. Some of the other cells on Reddit on the fly taco also said sell TJ Yeldon uh, bum could produce for a team like new England. So that's a pretty uh, harsh take there. Uh, but he did have one buy that I thought was interesting. Corey Grant, his uh, opportunity diminished with addition of uh Fernet, but I still believe he has potential to be the second best running back on the roster, show more production and opportunities than any running back returning from last year. I know that was a Tony Khan favorite from uh, the analytics standpoint when that guy was picked up undrafted. Yeah, I, I agree with that also because he's the fastest player on the team. Like He literally is the fastest player on the team, and they've got to find ways to get that guy in space. I mean, if we can you know, make plays for Denard Robinson, who was a quarterback turned uh, receiver, we should be able to get our fastest guy into open space find a way to get him the ball, whether it be on punt return, kick return, you know, some type of special, like, you know, package or something like that, where he's, you know, kind of mixed in something where they can get that guy in the space. But yeah, he, he's taillights, man. One controversial sell that I'll say upper RDL says sell for net. There is just very little profit opportunity buying as high as his stock is top five pick in real life. Uh, 1.01 in dynasty football. I've never played that. So I don't know what that means. And a borderline first rounder in a redraft. There's no real upside buying on that. There's significant downside considering 
potential injury rates with modern NFL schemes. Even if he puts up something like a thousand yards and six to eight touchdowns, that's a loss on investment. I don't know about that. One. What? What? <laughs> even if he even if he puts up a thousand yards and six to eight touchdowns. Yeah, and what's the, what's this Reddit user's name again? Uh, something RDL. I don't know. I want to see his. Uh, he's his he's, he's probably he's probably trolling us. He's he's trolling <laughs> us right now. Yeah, that yeah. Is, that, we just fell for the troll. I don't think yeah. so because his it was pretty detailed. He was the one that bought on Purnell, and that was a pretty detailed response. So I don't know. I think uh, I think that was a pretty uh, pretty legit one. One guy did have a sell on the idea of a troll is to set you up with something <laughs> good. <laughs> That's okay. exactly what he did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This guy. this is probably this is probably the guy that set up Manti Teo too. Probably, I bet. Huh? Oh, See, Manti Teo <laughs> thought that was over, and you just had to bring it back one last time. Um, and then one uh, we'll kind of finish with uh, is uh, what well, really I, I'm surprised I didn't think of to be honest with you. But then again, he's not. I guess his value is not really high. It was a year ago, but uh, this guy said Chris Ivory. You know, just based on the fact that. Uh, I don't know. I guess if you're thinking the guy's going to get cut, you might as well sell and cut your losses at this point than uh, then hang on to it. So, uh, so I don't know. Chris Ivory's an interesting thought. I, I tend to think they're going to keep him on the team, but uh, he does. I mean, a lot of people say he does have a similar running style to Fournette. So similar. I mean, it's basically he's just bigger. Fournette's just bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely have almost the same exact running style where they look for contact. When we when we talked about this, I definitely stayed away from the running backs because. You know, offensive line has just as much to do with it. So it's kind of like, well, do they get a fair shake or not? Um, I, I do know this: we, if we, if we sold, you know, the stock in in Chris Ivory, we would definitely be losing money because we went off of a one thousand yard season and four point three yards of carry. And when I mean one thousand yards, I mean barely a thousand seventy yards to 439 yards and 3.8 carry. So, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's stock you got to hold on to. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with Fournette uh, as far as, you know, hopefully he doesn't get injured and hopefully the line does improve and then we could have two running backs because in the day and age now in the NFL, there's very few backs that are running, uh, you know, 20, 25 yards a, a carry a game. That's just, it's just not, uh, it's not common anymore because, like uh, like JK3 said, you got linebackers out there that are just absolute monsters that run four fours that could polarize you in two seconds. So, uh, so our first hold will be uh, will be Chris Ivory. He'll be our first hold. So, all right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, any uh, kind of final thoughts on uh, the the roster or anything from you, JK3 or Derek? Uh, can we sell Jason Myers? <laughs> Scoby, come back! <laughs> you know what's funny about that is somebody actually. Had, where did that? Where did that go? Hold on. Somebody had, uh, and he snuck it in here. Really? Oh yeah, he said this is a uh, Breda Baco. He says by Linder Lee and Tinker. And I, I wrote back. I was like, Tinker, that's interesting. And he was legit. Like he was like, yeah, he's such a large presence on the team and in the building, quality guy. He makes under seven hundred thousand, so a small price to pay for leadership. So, uh, so yeah, we got to buy on uh, Carson Tinker. Yeah, don't. Yeah. For, I mean, don't forget about the special teams, man. Special teams or special players are on special teams. 
All right, well, we'll just end it there. And uh, like I said, I'll put that uh, link up in the uh, podcast description to the thread if you guys want to read that over and maybe put some thoughts on there. Uh, of course, if you guys have any feedback, shoot us an email at downbythebank at gmail.com. Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. And if you're on iTunes, please do us a favor and leave us a rating and review. So we will talk to you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.